Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Hey Amen. Well, give two people a high five next to you. Tell them they look good in church and you can be seated. God bless you. Welcome to New Heights Church on a Sunday morning. Open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel is right before 2 Samuel if you're looking for it in the Bible. 1 Samuel chapter number 16. I want to preach into your ears this morning that you were made for this. Somebody look your neighbor right in the face. Just tell them you were made for this. Now, just as a declaration of faith, say this. Say, I was made for this. I tried to preach this morning and never got a chance in the first service because I just felt the spirit of the Lord just, just trying to pour into each one of us the concept, the revelation, the reality that you were made for this moment. You were not a surprise to God. He is not shocked that you're alive in 2019. Come on, somebody. He was not shocked when he formed you in your mother's womb and created a great, wonderful plan for your life. He is not, you are not a mistake, an accident, and you were made for this. Christians are made to endure. I like Ferraris. I think they look cool, but I'm a little bit more utilitarian. Come on, somebody. I'm like a four-wheel drive. You know, what, what a Ferrari gets stuck in, I don't even recognize. You know what I'm saying? I just keep going. Just keep. You're a Christian. You are made to endure. Somebody say, I was made for this. Literally, you are made to endure. You are made to get through some stuff. You are made to get through some stuff while everybody's watching you, waiting on you to fail. You were made to get through some stuff. You're made to get through some stuff, and I don't care if you've been divorced one time, seven times, no times, or 700 times. I still believe God has a massive, outlandish plan for your life that is better than you can ask or think. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and you are made in his likeness and his image. You were made for this. Whatever you're going through, you ought to just take 10 seconds and thank God that you are going through it. You're not staying in it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. The key there is through. You are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And a shadow never hurt anybody. A shadow never hurt anybody. You're going through some stuff. Every one of us is going through some stuff. Believe it or not, uh, pastors go through some stuff. People talk about them. People lie about them. People, people do all kind of stuff. But you know what? They talk about, they talk about store clerks too. Come on. They talk about lawyers. Talk about doctors. Talk about bakers, butchers. They talk, every, nobody is immune from being talked about. You're going to go through some stuff. Stuff, but you just have to remind the devil and a lot of times remind yourself, you were made for this. You listen, listen, you were built for fire. 
I'm not saying you like it. But you were built for fire. You were built to wade into the furnace of life and come out on the other side not smelling like smoke. I grew up, my parents owned dry cleaning plants. So when Crystal and I got married, I said, Sugarfoot, I love you, but I'm not touching an ironing board. Because I have personally folded, washed, and ironed more clothes than most humans will iron in probably 800 decades. Because we, that was the business we were in. And one of the parts of the business is we would, we would be at the front counter and people would come and they would bring in their, you know, their clothes. And, and we would have to sort them like, okay, the blue jeans go here. The other stuff goes here. These get dry clean. These get starched, whichever it was. But you could always tell when somebody had been near a fire because the smell of smoke is one of the hardest things to get out of clothing. If you've ever sat next to a campfire or a bonfire, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you put your jacket on the next day. You're like, oh my gosh, what am I sitting in ashes? What's going on here? Because smoke is difficult to get off. But the Bible says there was these three guys in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Bible says that everybody was worshiping this demon statue, the statue in the form of a guy named Nebuchadnezzar. And they were told, you're going to worship this statue or we're going to kill you. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, I'm not worshiping that statue. They said, well, we're going to kill you. They said, well, we're not worshiping that statue. And the entire world effectively in that picture was worshiping a statue. And three men said, we're not bowing. And the Bible says that when they made that decision that they were thrown into a furnace, into a fire, into basically a cauldron that was on fire, an oven of fire, like picture like a, like a brick oven pizza except way bigger and super hot. And the Bible said they threw them in there and other people that threw them in were killed by the fire. That's how hot it was. But when they looked in the fire, they didn't see the three men in the fire. They saw four men in the fire. And the Bible says the fourth man looked like the son of God. See, when you choose to go in the fire... Oftentimes, that's where you find Jesus. The Bible says they, they, they looked in and said, you come out of there, guys. And they came out. And the Bible says when they came out, they weren't hurt. Their clothes weren't burned up. Their hair wasn't burned up. They said they didn't even smell like smoke. When they got out, not only did they not smell like smoke, they were completely and totally uh, promoted in the region. Some of you, this is a revelation I want you to catch this morning. You were made for this. You were made to endure. If anybody told you Christianity wasn't an endurance race, they lied to you. Christianity is taking one foot and putting it right in front of the other foot when everything in your head and everything else says that's not what you should do. Christianity is about enduring. The Bible says that the disciples wrote like this. They would write things down like this. I count it all joy. To be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. What did the sufferings of Christ look like? Well, he loved everybody, but a lot of people hated him. Anybody hate you? He was kind to everybody, yet many people talked about him. Anybody talk about you? He was lied about. Anybody ever lie about you? He 
forgave people that willingly hurt him. Anybody ever willingly hurt you? See, when you become a partaker of the suffering of Christ in any capacity, the Bible says that those who knew him best, listen, they didn't start crying in their milk about it. They decided I was made for this. There's a heaven that if you know Jesus, you will go to. And it's a beautiful place. But between now and then, when you began to realize that you were made to endure, because the first thing that has to determine, just like the Bible says in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says that Jesus was praying and and his sweat turned into drops of blood. In other words, he said this. He said, I don't want to go through the cross, but nevertheless, thy will be done. The minute that you decide I'm sticking with Jesus and I don't care what it costs me, now all of a sudden, you begin to walk in a different standard of power and a different standard of perseverance. Because if quitting is on the table, the devil will search for what will make you quit. But the minute that quitting is no longer on the table, the minute that quitting is no longer an option, bullies pick on people that won't hit back. The devil is the ultimate bully. So he's going to be looking for the place in your life that will make you quit. Maybe losing a job at a terrible time to lose a job. Maybe being passed over for for a promotion that you should have received. Maybe being abandoned. Maybe being forgotten. Maybe for not being invited into something that you were hoping you were invited to. Maybe having family members turn their back on you when you decide to serve Jesus. Maybe having friends turn their back on you when you decide to serve Jesus. See, he's going to try to find something that will make you quit. Because when he loses your soul, the next thing he wants is your effectiveness while you're here. Because if he can get you to sit on your hands until you die and go to heaven, you'll still go to heaven. You just won't do anything for the kingdom while you're here. But some of us hit back. Some of us decided long ago, there's nothing that will make me stop serving Jesus. And many of us, today is the day when you make that decision. And if you've already made it, you reaffirm that stance. I was made for this. I was made to endure adversity. I was made to be kind to those who hate me. I was made to forgive people that don't deserve forgiveness. I was made to endure. I was made to go the extra mile. And if the devil comes to your house, knocks on your door and says, I'm here to deliver deliver hell in a handbasket every day of the week, you punch him in the mouth and tell him you came to the wrong house. 
Some of y'all got real excited, spiritually punched, okay? Y'all were picturing, you're like, I think I know who the devil is. Be right back. That's not what I mean. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But I'm talking about taking, quitting, taking the idea of throwing in the towel off of the table. Somebody say, I was made for this. Somebody look your neighbor right in the face. Just tell them you were made for this. Now look at your second choice neighbor and tell them you are too. All right. First Samuel chapter 16, the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? There was a king named Saul who was the king of Israel, but he did not do what the Lord had told him to do. So we, God was going to replace him. He said, fill your horn with oil and I'll go send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. So Samuel is going to a guy named Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel. And Samuel said, how can I go? He said, if Saul hears it, he's going to kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I'm come to sacrifice to the Lord. Somebody say, God has a plan. God always has a way of escape for you. He always has a plan for your life. The big plan for your life you'll find in the Bible, but then he will whisper the specific plan for your life. Should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Should I go back to school? Should I not go back to school? Come on, should I marry this person? Should I not marry this person? And let me just give you some cliff notes from Wednesday. If they won't go to church with you, don't marry them. The rest of the story, if, if, if they say, you know what, I will go to church with you, but I'm not going to that church with you and they want to take you to some dead church, don't marry them. Come on, somebody. Give God a hand of praise for wisdom. So the scripture says, he said, take a heifer with you and tell him he's going to sacrifice to the Lord, which he was going to do. And call Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do at that time. He said, and you're going to anoint unto me him who I tell you, him who I name unto thee. Verse number four, Samuel did which the Lord, which the Lord spoke and he came to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? Now get a picture of this. You got the elders of the town of Bethlehem and here comes this prophet named Samuel and they're meeting him at the gate trying to figure out, is everything okay? Is, is everything wrong? In other words, this was a day and time, listen to this, when the word of God was revered above all else. Do not let the Bible become a good book to you. The Bible is the word of the living God. There is no other piece of literature whereby men can be saved. The word of the living God will have the final say in your life. The word of the living God is worth giving your entire life for. And the word of the living God is worth standing on. But we've got to get to the place where we revere the word of God above all else. We've got to get to the place where when we start looking for an answer, we're looking to the word of God and we're not looking to what the world looks at. We're trying to think figure out how to get our belief system in line with the Bible and stop trying to line the Bible up with our belief system. Do you come peaceably? The Bible says, he said, I come peaceably. He said, I came to sacrifice unto the Lord, sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons. And he called them to the sacrifice verse six. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked at, at, at Eliab and said, surely somebody say, surely. See, you had a plan and it was probably a good plan, but then God got right in the middle of your plan and changed it. 
Because we all have these ideas. You know what? I think surely this is the plan for me. Some of you might've had a high school sweetheart and you thought, surely this is mine. I can't wait. We're going to get married and we're going to have 773 kids and everything's going to be wonderful. Well, first off, if you got 773 kids, nothing's wonderful. <laughs> you had a plan. Some of you in business, you had a plan and, and, and somehow through, through God's divine nature, he navigated you through the fallacies of your own plan long enough that you could see the light of his plan. The Bible says he was there and that young man was in front of him. He was a big, good looking guy, looked like what a king ought to look like. And the Bible says that when he got in front of him, the Lord said unto him, Samuel, don't look at his countenance. Verse seven, don't look at his countenance or on the height of his stature. Because I have refused him for the Lord sees not as a man sees for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Quick question. Where do you develop your criteria? God says, I don't look on the outward. I look on the heart. Many times even in the mirror, we look at what we can see, forgetting what God has put inside of us. Somebody say, I was made for this. You ought to have that written on your mirror and remind yourself every morning. I was made for this. I was made to endure. I was made to press towards the mark for the prize. I was made. God hasn't forgotten about me. God hasn't gotten uh, tired of me when he looks at me. Listen, he doesn't look at you with disappointed eyes of disapproval. God's not looking at you angry. His anger was extinguished when his son paid the debt for you. When he's looking at you, he's looking, Pastor Matt and Tiffany, they have a, a little baby named Brexley, beautiful redheaded little girl, just turned one years old, uh, put her feet all in her cake, praise the Lord. But anyway, just turned one year old and she, she, she's recently walking like, like little babies do. And, and when she walked, when she, especially when she first started walking, she would start walking and they did what all of us do. Oh, come here, come here, come here. So they're sitting there and the little baby's coming. When the baby falls, Matt didn't look at her and say, I knew you were going to fall. You'll probably never walk. Cause she's a baby and she's learning to walk and he's a good daddy. Your father in heaven is not looking at you when you fall saying, I knew it. They'll never amount to anything. He's looking at you like Pastor Matt does with Brexley and grabbing you by both hands and saying, no, baby, don't stop there. Try again. Pick yourself up one more time. Come on, let me walk with you. Let me show you how to do it. It comes to place. You can't look on the outside. You have to look on the inside. And you might not feel like a lion. But on the inside of you roars the lion of the tribe of Judah himself, who's constantly fighting and warring for you, trying to convince you to just get up one more time. See, man looks at the outside, but God looks at the inside. You came to New Heights Church on the correct Sunday morning because many of you have been, been it's, the enemy has tried to convince you to quit, tried to convince you to stop. Here's one. Tried to convince you it's not worth it. The devil is a liar. It's all worth it. Whatever you have to give up for the cause of Christ, 
It's all worth it. Furthermore, Jesus himself said, there's nothing that you will not give up for my name's sake that he will not personally repay 100 fold. Listen to this in this life. Let me just, let me just say this real quick. You're not going to need anything in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. You don't need healing there. You need healing right here. But you can't look at what's going on on the outside because everything's starting on the inside. The Bible says, he said, don't look on the outside. The Lord looks at the heart. Verse number eight. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen him. Verse nine, then Jesse made Shammah pass by and he said, neither has the Lord chosen him. And again, Jesse, listen to this, made seven of his sons pass in front of Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Verse 11, Samuel said to Jesse, is this all your children? Verse 11, he says, there remains yet the youngest and behold, he keeps the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Can I say it differently? Your destiny is standing at attention, waiting on your obedience. He said, he said we're not even going to sit down. He said, go get the boy. Now, I want you to picture David. Come help me, Pastor Matt. I want you to picture David for a minute. He's about to be anointed the king of Israel. And he's not even, he's not even invited to the service. Thus saith the Lord, stop worrying about tables you haven't been invited to. Stop worrying about what somebody said or didn't say about you. Stop getting hung up in whether or not they approve. Can I just say this? There will always be a they. That's how you know you're you. He said, he said, is there not another one? And I could almost hear Samuel. There's a backstory, by the way, as to why he probably didn't bring him there. I'm not going to get into today, but it's like Samuel was just like, I got one more. See, the Bible says the building block that was rejected became the cornerstone of the whole new world. God does his finest work with rejected stones. He said, is there any other one? He said, I got this one boy. He's out there tending sheep. And I could just hear the heart of God saying, that's what I need. That's what I need right now. Because they just wanted a king. But what they need is a shepherd. Because a shepherd doctors sick sheep and runs the wolves off. He said, he said, bring, he said, bring him here. And don't you, any of y'all sit down because I'll bet you what was about to happen. Cause I have brothers. I don't mean this bad. It's just brothers, siblings. I'll bet what was about to happen is everybody was about to sit down and go, not David. Are you serious? David. And all of a sudden he says to him, he says, we're not even going to sit down boys. He said, stand at attention. 
Y'all shouldn't have left him out in the first place, but since you did, now you're going to stand and watch him be blessed. Psalm 23 says, he prepares a table for you in the presence. He said, he said, there is no way. He said, not they're They're sitting there thinking there's no way. Not David and Samuel has said, attention. The king is coming. I have one. He's the youngest. He's out tending sheep. And Samuel's going, you mean King David? The Bible says that they stood at attention and waited for him. He sent and went and brought him. And listen to this. Verse 12. He, King James says he was ruddy. One translation says he was red. There's people that believe he was red-headed. Uh, it's possible that he had like, you know, red from the sun. There's also a possibility that he hustled back and was red from the, from the trip back from the sheep. But he was red. And with all of a beautiful countenance, he was very handsome, like most pastors. <laughs> and goodly to look at, to look to. You got to go home and tell your husband, you are goodly to look to. And the Lord said, arise and anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil that everybody else had tried to step in front of and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. In, in boxing, they have rounds. In the MMA fighting, like the UFC, they have rounds. Boxing is three minutes. UFC, it's five minutes. And in between rounds, in between rounds, they, they go to their corner and they sit on a stool. And the one who's trying to harm them is on the other side of the ring. A lot of times you can see them looking across the ring to try to see, are they, are they getting tired? They're trying to see their adversary. And you have somebody that will come out with, with some ice and, and different things. And they will begin to try to doctor the harmed areas of the fighter. They'll try to make the swelling go down. They'll give them some water. They'll give them some advice, some tips. Hey, keep your left hand up. When he does this, you do that. They're sitting on a stool. And the round is about three minutes, five minutes, depending on the, the sport. But then, after they've been on their stool for a minute, the bell rings. Ding, ding. And the question is, will you answer the bell? You come to church on a Sunday morning, many of us Wednesday night, and and we get to the place where it's like just for a minute we have a reprieve from the battle. And we sit down. And our thirst is quenched by the water of the word of God. And the harmed areas of our life are doctored and the swelling begins to go down. But before you know it, the rest is over and it's time to fight again. 
The question is, will you answer the bell? The trainer can't answer the bell. The one wiping your face with a towel can't answer the bell. The one pouring the water over you can't answer the bell. I can't answer the bell for you. The question is, are you going to rise up again? And in the middle of the place where your belief comes from, say one more time, I was made for this. I was made to go to war. I was made to fight. I was made to endure. I was made to, if I'm ridiculed, I'm ridiculed. But I know for a fact before this thing is over, if I'm out here tending sheep and God says I'm king, ain't no brother going to be able to step in front of me. Because when God decides to pour the oil, it will only flow for you. Nobody can steal what God has for you. But there is a requirement for us to consistently remind ourselves that I was made to endure. I was made to go through this. I I was made to get, listen, I'm not happy about getting thrown in the fire, but if I get thrown in the fire, at least Jesus will be there with me. I'm not happy about enduring things and hardships and challenges. But when it's for the cause of Christ, I count it all joy to be a partaker, just a little fragment. Every head bowed, every eye closed just for a second. We're almost done. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.